we know that we are in it. We are in a monumental shift. And so, you know, again, when I was just thanking God for her, just hearing the Lord in terms of continuing with this, I believe that there's a word that God wants to release to his daughters. I believe that there's a message that God is speaking to his daughters. And so he's going to start that tonight. And then tomorrow night, you guys are going to just gather around the table and talk about finances. And then Friday night, you guys are going to be talking about mental health. And so these, this is the threefold cord that is not quickly broken. When you're talking about propelling and prospering, you're going to need all of these components um, put together. And so I just bless God for that. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about what the father is going to reveal to his daughters tonight. So let's see if I can get my technology going here. All right. Um, so what we're going to talk about tonight is, because uh, I can't see y'all, is um, the time is now. And my theme was time to propel and prosper. And God, that's the word of God. Beloved, I wish above all that you, you know, prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So this is a noun word. The time is now, but this is also a noun word that God is releasing to his daughters. And so just join in with me for the next hour. And I just want to share um, what the spirit of God is, is released on my heart for you. And I pray that it blesses you. I pray, Father, in Jesus name that you just release a teaching and a prophetic anointing um, that will embrace the airwaves, that will embrace technology, Lord God, and that even though the women of God are home or wherever they may be, but that this word will go out and it will accomplish that which you have sent forth to do, God, and it will not return unto you void. So we just receive a, a teaching and anointing. We receive a prophetic anointing. And Father, we come against any type of distractions or wandering minds or wandering spirits. We come against uh, issues with technology, Lord God, that this word can go forth and, and God, that it can be seated into our heart where it can bear forth good fruit and bring you glory. So we honor you for that in Jesus name. So I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with um, the story in the Bible about the five daughters of Zelophehad. Um, sort of a, it's a challenge to even say it, but uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Zelophehad and he, the Bible says that he had five daughters. And so we're going to look at that tonight because in that is a message that God is uh, releasing and that God is speaking to his daughters and in that is also a message that God is empowering those of you who are joined here in this conference tonight so we want to just look in to the perfect law of liberty and see what the Spirit of God is saying we are defying the status quo amen and by the time we're done you're gonna receive an impartation you're gonna receive you're gonna receive an, an anointing some of you are gonna receive a fresh wind some of you are going to there's gonna be realms in your mind that the Spirit of God is gonna unlock Areas and things that you thought were impossible were too hard for you to break into and breach into. You're going to find that you're going to you're going to you're going to shatter those limits tonight because that's what the power of this word is intended to do. It's going to shatter the limits. It's going to shatter the boundaries. God is going to expand your borders tonight. So let's see what the spirit of God is saying. I want to begin with the demand because, for you know, whenever God wants to do something, it's going to be presented in the form of a problem. And so I want to start with that because, you know, many times we, we have the tendency as women of God to look at a problem and, you know, you know, we look at the, the size of it and the enormity of it. And it can seem so overwhelming and so intimidating, especially when no one has ever tackled that area before. And so I wanted to bring that out because this was an area and when you, as being an apostle, you know, we, we tread uncharted territories. We are looking to pioneer and that means to make ways uh, that haven't been made before so that the people of God can enter therein. And so there may be impossible situations that face you right now, but on the 
other side of that is glory, but we've got to get you there. So we're going to get you there tonight. And so in Numbers chapter uh, 26, Moses is talking to the people of God and he's having a conversation with them and he's allotting the land for when they cross over, um, the Jordan into the promised land, which is Canaan. And he's, he's giving them directions. You know, this tribe is going to have this much a property. This tribe is going to have that much and so forth. And so when he came to the tribe of Manasseh, which was Joseph's um, son's tribe, Manasseh and Ephraim, when he came to the tribe of Manasseh, uh, Manasseh had this son by the name of Zelophehad. And Zelophehad had no sons. And so according to the laws of Moses, if, they, if, if a man did not have daughters, then the inheritance would pass on to his brothers. In other words, it wouldn't, uh, the inheritance would not belong to the daughters, but to their uncles. And so here was the problem. Here was a problem to where something truly, genuinely, and authentically belonged to the people of God. Just like there are things that genuinely and authentically belong to you. But there's a blockage, you know, by whatever means necessary. But there is something blocking you from apprehending what truly and what legitimately belongs to you. And so, so Moses in, in the law. And, and he's divvying up the property. And so he's saying to Manasseh, you know, we're going to, since the loaf ahead has passed on and, and he, he doesn't have any sons to leave an inheritance to, we're going to overlook the women. We're going to overlook his daughters and we'll give all of his property, all of his wealth, all of his territory to his brother. Well, the girls had an issue with that. <laughs> and let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with having a problem with something that is wrong. I think when we look at our present uh thermostat in our country you know there are many who are rising up and say hey there's a problem and you know we're going to confront it we're going to address it and we're not going to back off of it until we get what is justfully ours what truly belongs to us so here we have the demand here is an issue and so now we find ourselves in numbers chapter 27 verse 1 because the daughters are overhearing how this land is going to be divided they're overhearing how the inheritance is going to be divided let me keep a time check and so um in Numbers 27, verse 1, uh, the Bible talks about how the daughters, they came, they approached Moses. They approached, they confronted Moses in verse 27, verses 2 and 3. They confronted Moses and they confronted uh, Eleazar and the chief princes of the tribes. Because this was the issue. In other words, those women of God said, you know what? I know that this may have been the way that it has been done. This may have been the way that y'all have done things. But there's about to be a new day. There's about, you know, we're talking about true horizons. There's about to be a whole new sunset. There's about to be a whole new. We're going to change some things because we're not going to accept the norm. We're going to defy the status quo. And so they are confronting uh, Moses and they're confronting Eleazar and they're confronting the princes, the chief priest um, fathers of Israel. And they're saying, you know what? We want what belongs to us. And the Bible names them by name. And this is so, you know, I, I love the word of God. I've been studying the word of God over 30 years now. And, you know, nothing that God has placed in his word is by coincidence. I'm telling you, this is why I love theology. Nothing that God has, everything has been strategically placed and everything has a meaning. And so I underline and I bold, uh, embolden Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza. Now, you know, we not we don't name our girls names like this today. But, you know, these names meant something. And, you know, there are many women in the Bible whose names we don't know. We don't know Job's wife and many other uh, women in the Word of God who did, who did phenomenal things. You know, the widow of Zephyr. We never knew their names, right? But these women's names were listed. 
and and they were noted and i, I believe you know I, I believe there's a just cause because god is showing us not just what their names were but we're going to look into what the prophetic meaning of their names meant. and this i'm telling you it's going to bless your heart and it's going to blow your mind and so here comes the daughters of zelophehad the son of hefer the son of gilead and they named the names of the daughters mala noah hogla milka and terza and so in numbers 27 verses 2 and 3 the bible says they stood before moses I love that. There comes a time when you've got to stand up, women of God. You've got to stand up. You've got to be heard. You have to be seen. And they stood before Moses and Eleazar and before the princes of, and all the congregation. Come on, somebody. No fear because they said, listen, now we've already lost our father. We're, you know, our nation is in transition and you're, we're not about to be left out. We won't be silent. We won't be quiet. We won't be left out. We won't be denied. And so they stood by the door of the congregation. And, the, and they said to him, our father died in the wilderness and he was not. Listen, I love this because you've got to know. And I've got some keys I'm going to share with you in a little bit. But you've got to know your legacy. You've got to know who, who, whose shoulders you stand on in your family line. And listen, we all have family members that we'd rather not mention. But there are some generals in your family line. There are some overcomers in your family line. There are some soldiers. There are some prayer warriors. There are some praying mothers, praying fathers in your bloodline. And so it's important to know where you come from in order to know where you're going. And sometimes knowing where you came from can help you correct places that you don't want to go into. And so that's a lesson in and of itself. But I love the fact when they addressed Moses and the congregation, they were able to tell them their father's history. They said, our father died in the wilderness. In other words, he's not here to defend himself. And, and they said, and he was not in the company of those that gathered with Korah. And if you know the story with Korah, he rebelled against Moses and the earth opened up and, and God, the earth swallowed them all alive. It was the judgment of God for being rebelling. Amen. And, and so but they made it emphatically clear. He died, but he didn't die because of something, you know, of rebellion or what have you. He died, he, he died after the natural course of life. And, and she said, they said he died in his own sin and he had no sons. And so in verse 24, uh, uh, verse four, they say, uh, why should the name of our father be done away from among his family just because he has no son? Give us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. And so here they are. These women, they have found out. That's why you've got to have a listening ear. You've got to hear what the spirit of God is saying. And you also have to hear the plots and plans of the wicked. Amen. You got to listen. You got to have your, your right ear working here and your left. Ear. You need to be able to hear. Amen. So that you can hear, first of all, what God is saying. But you also need to know, amen, what the plot of the enemy is. What is his plans toward you? What are his plans toward your generation? So you know how to combat and counteract it. And so they overheard. Not just what their father had said and what their father had done, but they also heard a, a plan. They heard the decision that was being made that they were about to be left out. And so they rose up and they joined together. My God is power and unity. And they withstood Moses and the men of God in, the, in front of the congregation and demanded justice. And, and how timely, right, for a time as this, to not be afraid of opening up our mouths and saying, hey, this is wrong. These have been, again, and God is all about, he's a just God. He's all, always about justice. And so, you know, that time is now, like Dr. I, the vision God gave her, that time is now to speak out against injustice. And I'm talking about that corporately, but I'm also talking about that to you, my sister, woman of God, that it is now time to confront the areas of injustice in your own life. The areas where God has said this belongs to you and the enemy said, no, 
know you don't deserve it. He's trying to disqualify you because something that you've gone through, something that you did, something that you were connected to, and the enemy is trying to disqualify you. Even the Bible talks about how even after Joshua's departure, Satan stood and withheld and was contending with, I think it was Michael, from Joshua's body. Why? Because the enemy will stand against you and recount every sin that you've ever committed to disqualify you. But God is saying, listen, God has made all grace abound towards you. And yes, we have all sinned and come short of God's glory, but it is now time to rise up out of the ashes of our areas of defeat. It is time to rise up out of the ashes of, of discouragement and disappointment. And we've got to contend for that which belongs to us. So let's move on and let's see what happens. So we find here, let me make sure, hold on, hold on. Look at it, wanting to go ahead of me. You're going to have to wait. Don't y'all love technology? Pray my strength. <laughs> Let me get out of here and get back into this one. So we're talking about the pressure. Let's get here. All right. So we've got the demand and now we have the pressure. So here you find in Numbers chapter 27 verses 5 and 8. Now you see movement. See, many times we wonder, well, God, where are you? Why hasn't this happened? You know, I thought you said or didn't you say. But the pressure or the movement is going to come behind the confrontation. And so if we've neglected to confront some areas, if we've neglected to to contend with some things, then we can't expect the pressure on the problem to change. In order to put pressure on the problem to change, we first have to identify the problem. And let me tell you something. There's work involved in identifying a problem because many of the problems that we have to identify are deep rooted. Many of our problems have existed for years. Many of our problems, we've hid them under our shout and our shando. And, and so it takes work to dig down to find out, you know, to get to the root of the thing. You know, we have a tendency to want to deal with surface stuff. But in, in Dr. Aisha, in, in mental health, we, our job is to get down to the root. What is causing this tree to, to grow like that? Don't look at the fruit. The fruit is representative of what's happening in the root. So you want to get to the root of the thing. That's where your, your revelation of, or that's where your discovery of the problem is, is when you get to the problem. So once we've confronted the problem, the women of God can say, hey, there's an issue. We got a problem. We're not okay with this. I'm not okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay to say, I'm not okay with this. It is not okay. And so now we get to the point to where we're going to put some pressure on. When you have confronted the problem, the issue, now comes the pressure. Something has to change. Amen. So we find ourselves in Numbers chapter 27, verses 5 through 8. And, and Moses now, listen, they, these, now listen, we're talking about Moses. We're not talking about just an ordinary man of God. We're talking about someone who has spent considerable time in the chambers of God. We're talking about someone who has spent uh, days in the glory, so much so that his face shone. Amen. We're talking about somebody who, who has had phenomenal experiences with God, the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. These women put so much pressure on Moses. It drove Moses to seek God. Do you see what I'm saying? It, it's time now to put so much pressure on, on whatever that thing is that, that is trying to deny you, that is trying to shut you out. You've got to exert pressure. For those of you who have given birth, listen, when the pressure, when you feel the pressure, the doctor say, bear down. 
Oh God, you, you, there's coming a bearing down season and you got to push in the right area. You know, and and so you want to push in the area of where your promise is. Listen, of where your promise is expected to be. It was out of Moses mouth that said, we're not going to give you the property. And so I'm going to put pressure on Moses's mouth. I'm going to put pressure on whoever it is in charge of making this decision. I'm going to put pressure on you and I'm going to bear down on you until you birth the thing that I'm believing God for. The Bible says Moses brought their cause to the Lord. Now, you know, Moses, Moses is not the person that would take anything to God in prayer. I mean, you know, there are some people that say, you know what? I need you to pray with me about this. And you're like, that ain't even what God is doing. God is not even remotely interested in that. So I'm not even going to bother his nerves. You know what I'm saying? That's something you got to fix. But when you have a mighty man of valor, a true prophet who, who is so convinced with this argument that you have presented before him that he says, hold up. You know what? Let me go to God. And and that's where when you're talking about change and you're talking about prosperity and and propelling, you've got to put pressure and you can't be afraid of breaking a sweat. Listen, you can't be ashamed. But what if they're not going to receive me? What if I, you know, if I stutter, if I fall, then if you stutter, then stutter. If you fall, get back up. But for what you are believing God for, you've got to exert pressure. Moses brought their cause before the Lord and the Lord spoke to Moses. And God agreed with the women. Did you hear what I said? God is coming into agreement, agreement with these grievances, things that have been grieving your heart, things that have been disturbing you, things that have been depressing you. God is now coming into agreement in your prayers and God is going to put pressure on those who have the authority to make the difference. We see that in the natural. What we see happening in the natural should also be happening in the realm of the spirit. Yes, we want to see statues and things that don't represent justice. We want to see things removed. We want to see just laws enacted. But let's not just stop with marching. Let's also march into the corridors of our own personal lives and let's do some damage and let's wreck some halls there. Let's see some change. Let's see some things. Let's see. Let's see some forward movement. Let's see some movement, positive movement in our own lives as well. The Lord said to them, he said, they spoke right. They are right. You shall surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And you shall cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. God agreed. Listen to me, my sister, my friends, my women of God, awesome people of God. Listen to me. You will never know what God can do for you until you put yourself in position for God before God to do it for you. Did you hear what I said? There are some things you some of you are even afraid to ask God for because you 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 have and it ain't the enemy. It's not the work of the enemy in your own limits of your own understanding. Maybe it's environmental. I don't know. Maybe you're not around the right people that can push you and say, baby, you can do it. Sis, honey, girl, you got this. Maybe it's maybe it's environmental. Maybe it comes from your life experience. I don't know. But all I know is there are certain things that you haven't seen God do for you is because you haven't challenged God to do it for you. If those women had never confronted Moses, Moses would have never gone to God and God would have never spoken to Moses to say, you know what? From this point forward, there there will be a new law. Come on, somebody. Because of their perseverance, because of their tenacity, God rewrote the law. Is it not in the right of a king 
to make a law, to decree a law. Amen. Even in the in the case of Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus said, you know what? Yeah, I said that, but I'm going to ratify it. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. God will ratify some things. And I've seen it in my own life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there are places in faith where you can go where God will change stuff. Now, his word is forever settled, but I'm talking about judgments. Oh, Jesus. God will change decisions when you press in and you bear down and you don't give up. When you dare to do something different, when you step out of what has always been your norm, this year is anything but a normal year. So you should be experiencing anything but normal. You should, nothing should be normal for you. You should be in your new normal. This should be a season for a new normal. Everything should be different. The way you drink your coffee, honey, you should be using a different cream. You should be, everything should be different about you. You should be drinking a different brand of water. This is your new normal. And it comes out of a season of pressure. It comes out of a season of conflict. In our nation right now, there are new laws being placed on the books. The government is handing out checks to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who does that? I mean, why? Because out of the pressure comes something new. Come on, somebody. Out of that pressure comes something new. And so we're in that new normal. And God wants you to get this. God wants you to get out of this season everything that he intended for you. But it's going to take tenacity. It's going to take a drive. It's going to take you not backing up. And it's going to take you rising up and doing things differently. Let's move on. So God agrees with them. And he said, yeah, they're right. Guess what? I'm sure these five women of God weren't the only ones who had a father that passed away and didn't get an inheritance. Do you understand? They weren't the only ones, but they were the only ones who stood up and challenged the system. There are systems, systems in your family, systems in your race, systems in your county, in your state, in your nation that need to be changed. And they listen and we can holler and we can cry about them all day long. But until you stand up and open up your mouth and say this is wrong. Give me what belongs to me. You'll never see change. So he said, and listen, and so here you find here in verse eight, and you shall speak unto the children of Israel saying, if a man die and have no son, you shall cause inheritance to pass into his daughter. So it was their uh, uh, willingness to stand up and say, you know what? No one has ever done this before. We are about to break into a realm of favor with God and man that no one has ever tapped into before. But once we open this door, this is going to be such an apostolic pioneering move that once we tap into this, every woman from this point, every woman who comes behind me will be able to open up a business. will be able to get her license. will be able to open. Why? Because you went forth and you did it. There are people I think about. I think about the prophet, mother prophet, Deborah. And I think about how, amen, when, when Barack said, the word of the Lord came and God said, I want Barack to go and do battle. And Barack said to her, I'm afraid I'm not going to go if you won't go with me. She said, fine, I'll go with you, but the battle is going to belong to a woman. And he was like, okay, it's whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that. Thank God. And, and so when Deborah committed herself to the battle, and all she did was worship, y'all. That's all. The woman just prophesied and worship. Praise the Lord. But when she stood up, to go to battle with Barack, it released the women under her influence. Hear me when I say this. There are women, young women under your influence, your nieces, your daughters, your goddaughters, your spiritual daughters, your mentees, your, your patients, your clients, your students who are under your tutelage and who are watching you. And every step you make, they're right behind you. When you, when you push doors open, they're coming through those doors behind you. So it is expedient and it is essential and it is vital and mandatory that you press all the way through a woman of God. 
because of what's behind you. When Deborah rose up, the Bible said Yael rose up and Sisera landed in the woman's house asking for some milk running from the enemy and he landed in her house and she gave him some milk but because deborah stood up it empowered her come on somebody she saw another woman rise up as a military commander which had never been never had they had never seen a female military uh, commander never but because deborah stood up and she rose up and took that military command. It released a military anointing, a fighting strategic uh, 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 anointing on Yael. And when Sisera came into her house, she didn't say, no, my husband is not home because in that culture, they didn't entertain men when their husbands weren't at home. But because Deborah stood up, Deborah released an anointing in the land that unlocked the women of God. When Sisera uh, came to Yael's house, Yael opened the door. He asked for milk. She gave him some milk. And girlfriend, we talking about she showed great hospitality she gave him so much milk the brother fell asleep on her lap and you know what she did she took a tent nail and drove it through his skull now i know that's very gruesome for you all to have a weak stomach but i'm just saying she used what was in her hands to do battle against the enemy why because somebody had gone before and she had seen somebody do it you can't do what you've never seen done oh jesus I'm going to come out of this for a minute and check on y'all because I'm just looking straight at the screen. I don't know. Make sure everybody's okay. Everybody's still in here. Amen. 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 All right. Let's keep rolling. So, um, praise God. This is good. So, you know, it is important for you to rise up. That's why the time is now, women of God, to rise up. Yeah, we've been hurt, we've been beaten, we've been bruised, we've been taken advantage of. We all have stories to tell. But this is the hour right now where God is saying, listen, my daughter, I know you have gone through some things. I know life has not been fair to you, but this is your hour to stand. And it's not just about you standing. But when you stand, your sons are going to stand with you. Your daughters are going to stand with you. When Deborah stood up, Barack stood up. And I'm say, I hear God say this too. There are some of you who, who have men under your influence, whether it's your husband or your son or your nephew or your uncle or your father or, or whatever that relationship. And, you know, there's a tendency and we know God created man to be the head. I'm not, 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 not knocking that at all. Never argue with the word of God. However, there are even, even though they're the head, there are some men who battle with fears. Now, I know we're strong and I ain't got time for that, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you with something. They have fears, okay? Because society, a man can rob a man, can rape a man of, 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 of his manhood, of his strength, of his virility. It can rape him of that. And, and so I believe too, taking on this whole thing here that, you know, in terms of Deborah and Barack, and I, I'm just hearing God say this, in terms of, you know, it wasn't so much that Barack was weak. He just felt more confident with that woman standing beside him. And there are some of the men in your life, and you may be saying, why you won't do this? What's wrong with you? You should be doing it. And, and it's not that he can't do it. But you, woman of God, you are, 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 are his, 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 you are his strength. God has anointed you to be his strength. God has anointed you to be his battle companion. For whatever that relationship looks like. And he's going to, when you stand strong, he can stand strong. But God is still not giving you permission to discount his strength. He's got a strength. But some of that strength has to be helped. He has, some of these men have to be helped in some of these areas because of some of the things that they've gone through. Doesn't mean that they're weak and then they're a crybaby or mama's boy. It, that's not, that's not, that's not what God is doing. But God is saying, he said, listen, in this, I'm going to give you a double anointing. I'm going to give you a double portion of strength. 
so that you can not only cover your household, but even some of these men that I'm going to bring into your life, whether they're your godsons or your stepsons or your spiritual sons or your mentees or your or whatever. But God said, I'm, I'm even going to use you to raise them up. That time is now. Let's move on. So here is the resolve, right? First, we talked about the problem or the demand. We talked about the pressure, right? Bow, uh, um, bearing down. And, and so now we're going to look at the resolve. What happens? In the book of Joshua. Now that right there, just, I, I just stopped right there. Because now this, this, this interchange began in numbers. So we've gone through Exodus. We've gone through the death of Moses. We've gone through the battles of Joshua and the men of God from Jericho to Ai to all the six kings of the of the ites, the Canaanites. And we're at the point to where Joshua is about to distribute the land. I want you to hear this because even though Moses passed away, he made sure that Joshua knew that these five women are supposed to get their inheritance. Let's look at the, what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 17 verses 3 through 5. But Zelophehad had no sons, only daughters. These are the names of the daughters. Milka, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. They approach. So it recounts everything that happened in, in numbers, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And it says here, so Joshua gave them their inheritance. Come on, somebody. They waited. Now, what am I saying? What you saying, woman of God? Here's what I'm saying. Even though you've contended, and even though you have exerted pressure, and even though God said, yes, daughter, yes, that is yours. This is yours. I'm doing this for you. You still have to bide your time. Old folks say, bide your time. <laughs> I wrote a book, Time and Turn. It talks about time and turn. You still have to wait for the manifestation. But you got to know that it's coming. If God said it, can God lie? If I said it, shall I not do it? If I spoken it, shall it not come to pass? You still must wait because listen, the time was not, it, it was not the appointed time yet. And so what I love about this, and I want to encourage your heart with this tonight, God preserved those women. Even though Moses passed away, he preserved those five women of God and made sure they walked into their promise. God made a promise to them and kept them alive until he fulfilled that promise in their life. And so that's, listen, for those of you that the enemy is trying to afflict your bodies with things and he's telling you, he's whispering in your ear, you know, that you're going to die before your time or even spirits of suicide and, and discouragement have tried to set in. Let me just remind you of something. There are some promises that God have made to you that you hadn't seen yet. So your time is not up. That means, woman of God, be encouraged, lift up your head, O you gates, and be ye lifted up, you have blessed doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. It's not your time yet. If your promise have not manifested, if you have not embraced your promise, your thing, what you believe God for, then your time is not up, because God can't lie. They lived through Moses' death, Eleazar died. All the chief priests of Israel died out in the wilderness and they lived. God preserved their life so he could provide, give them their promise. Good God from hallelujah. God preserved their life. So Joshua gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers, among the uncles. Because remember, that was the original plan and God changed it. Come on, somebody. God's changing some things. 
in keeping with the command of the Lord. Not so much what Moses said. God said, give them what they are right. I agree. Give them what belongs to them. And from this point forward, every woman whose father passed away and she doesn't have a brother, that stuff, that property is hers. Give it to her. God said it. Come on. Thus, listen, 10 shares fell to Manasseh in addition to the land of Gilead and Bashan beyond Jordan. Why? Because the daughters of Manasseh received their inheritance among the sons and the land of Gilead belonged to the rest of the sons. God said, give them their stuff. He, he allowed Joshua, Joshua, before you lay your head down tonight and take a rest, you make sure these women of God get what belongs to them. There are some people that's not going to be able to rest until God gives you, until they release to you. What God said belongs to you. There are people right now, I speak this, I speak it prophetically. There are some people who hold life-changing decisions for you. They have the power <laughs> to make life-changing decisions, but God is going to trouble them. And they're not going to be able to get any rest. And they won't be able to even enjoy their own estate until they do right by you. As Joshua had to do right by the daughters of Zelophehad, so shall whoever your Joshua is, whoever holds the key to that thing you believe in God for, they won't get any rest until they release to you what truly belongs to you. Hallelujah. So what's in a name? Remember I, I opened up and I talked about how the word of God is very strategic and how the Lord is, doesn't do anything, uh, you know, uh, you know, co uh, um, by coincidence. Everything is purpose. Everything is intentional or what have you. Well, I want you to look at this for a minute. The name Zelophehad means the firstborn from a pit of shame. He was the oldest son and his father, his name meant a pit of shame. And so Zelophehad, listen to me, is the firstborn from a pit of shame. And so what does the firstborn from a pit of shame do? He names his firstborn sickness or disease. Do you see that generational thing starting to creep in? And this is where you got to watch it. You got to watch what you name your stuff. Oh, this is messed up. This job is just terrible. I, 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 this house, I'm sick of this car. Watch. When you are going through your pit, when you are going through your valley. That's why God told, who was it? Um, oh, what was the man named? Uh, uh, Zechariah. He, don't you open your mouth. Don't you open your mouth. <laughs> Until you can speak by faith, don't you say nothing. Amen. The firstborn from the pit of shame gives birth and he names his daughter out of his own emotional state, out of his own pain. He names her what he was feeling. Oh, God, you got to be careful, prophetic people. Don't name your stuff based upon how you feel. He names her Mala, which means dis-ease. Now, if you remember um, in the book of uh, uh, Ruth, it was Malin and Chilean, right? And Malin means what? Sick, pine, wasting away, dying. That's where that comes from. It means dis-ease or sickly or deathly. He named her daughter there. But then as he moved on, he named the second daughter motion or movement. And then the third daughter's name symbolizes a partridge or is symbolic of wisdom. And then the fourth daughter's name was Milka and her name means queen. And then the fifth daughter name is Terza, which means favor, God's favor. So listen, look at the progression. Okay. Look at the progression and remember what the daughter said. They said, my father died, not because of anything that Korah did, but my father died uh, of his own sin. There was something going on in Zelophehad. There was some kind of emotional, Dr. Aisha, you know what I'm talking about. There was something, some kind of turmoil, some type of inner conflict going on to where he pronounced his own pain on his own child. 
Oh God, who am I talking to? Don't pronounce your pain. If it didn't work out with you and the husband or didn't, don't take that out on your child. And if that's you, Father, in Jesus' name, if I have spoken a curse over my child, if I said, you act just like your daddy, you act just like, I, 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 God, in the name of Jesus, I call those words back from governing over my child's life, and I command them to fall to the ground. And in place of that, I speak the blessings of the Lord. They'll be blessed coming in and going out. Blessed will be the fruit of your hands. So he names his child out of his pain. But then as he moves on, you see that pain lift, and you see sort of a transition taking place. We're going somewhere, okay? So the firstborn from the pit of shame names his child disease. Then after the next child, he finds, okay, movement. I've got added responsibility, so I can't just sit here and die. I've got to do something. I've got to get myself together. Here comes the third child. Now I need some wisdom. I've got more responsibility, and they're all girls. And so you see now how his mind is changing, okay? Because there were attributes that God wanted Zelophehad to pour into his daughters. This, oh my, this is so powerful. There were attributes God wanted Zelophehad to pour into his daughters. Amen. And, and, and there are attributes and things that God wants you to release into those who, who are under your tutelage, who are under your realm of influence. And so you may find yourself starting out feeling one kind of way. And then all of a sudden you kind of feel like, you, you know, you, you feel the breakthrough. You feel the, the lifting. You feel the heaviness. You feel your God, you know, the strength of God. You feel your help. You start not heavy, but you, after a while, you're feeling your help. Some of you are feeling it right now. So from disease to motion, my, I need to, now I need to get up and do something. I can't just stay here and die in my stuff. I got to get up and move. I got to be responsible. Now I need wisdom because I've got a lot of responsibility. And then he gets to the point to where he names his fourth daughter queen. You see that transition in his mind. Now I've got all queens. I've got I've to treat these girls right. I've got to raise them up to be something. Come on, somebody. And then the last thought, he names her favor. I'm going to pronounce my favor on you. So his mind changes. But I want to show you something here that's so important. When you look at the prophetic application of defying, we talk about defying the status quo. And you look at uh, Zelophehad and how he named his daughters. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to the people of God tonight. Listen. From the pit of shame, you may experience dis-ease. But when you rise up and move, God will supply you with the wisdom you need to reign that you can walk into the favor with God and man. I'm, 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 let me take you back because, you know, you know, some people, maybe y'all didn't eat breakfast or whatever. I'm going to take you back so you won't miss this. These were the names. Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza, and, and all of that. See, you think your stuff is just ordinary it's just my life. It's just messed up. I'm just, but the, if you would stop and listen to God, you would find a prophetic wisdom and a prophetic application and a prophetic revelation. Even in the time of your storms, you will see God speak. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You will see God even in this. So that is the prophetic revelation. God is saying to you tonight out of a pit of shame. You may experience dis-ease. You may want to name your stuff based upon how you feel. But when you rise up and move, God will supply you with the wisdom that you need so that you can reign. Remember, he called that girl queen. Now it's time to reign so you can walk in favor with God and man. My God, my God. Let's try to get ready to close this out. Everybody all right? Praise the Lord. Let me check in and see. Let me get back here on the screen, make sure I'm still live. 
Amen. Amen. I can't see your, uh, well, now I can see your comments. I'm learning, Dr. Aisha. I'm learning. <laughs> Amen. Don't pronounce your pain, Mr. Ruby. That's right. Come on. Realm of influence. Names have meanings. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 All right. Let's get back in it. Let's get back in it. Let's get back in it. Uh, look, Lily said, hallelujah. Right. That's right. Rise up, girl. Rise up. You bad. You so bad. The devil can't stand you because you got a wound. You give birth, whether natural birth, spiritual birth, creative birth, mental birth, you give birth. You are a mighty force to be working with. The devil hates you and ain't a thing he can do about it because God is protecting you and preserving you. Praise God. Let's get back in and see what the Lord will have us to finish saying to his people. All right. So let's talk about some keys. And these are just some things that I kind of pulled out of um, my reading and some things that I heard God saying that he wanted me to release to you all tonight. Amen. So, so, you know, I've got a couple of keys for you. And, and I emailed a copy um, of um, the handouts to Dr. Aisha. And so you all, if you, you know, needed, would like to have your own personal copy, you know, email the woman of God or get in touch with the woman of God. And you've got my blessings, honey. Take it and preach it, teach it, live it, walk it, manifest it, prophesy it. <laughs> do it. Just do whatever the Lord would have you to do. It, this is for you. God designed this message for you. What are the keys to propel and to prosper? Propel, we're talking about moving forward, rising up. It's time to move. The time is now. So what are some keys? What are some things? What are some prophetic activations that we need to put in place so that we can tap into this now season? Number one, don't keep silent. Don't let nobody shut your mouth. Oh, you big mouth, something, whatever. God gave me a big mouth for a reason. Hallelujah. God gave me a big mouth for a reason. Don't keep silent. Learn how to, to and I think there's somebody else there's somebody else tapping into this prophetic vein too that's been preaching the same thing don't deny your own sound don't deny your own voice there's power in your voice your breakthroughs your your deliverance is voice activated Jesus asked the man at the gate at, at, uh, uh, at the pool he said do you want to be made whole and the man had to answer because he kept saying well nobody won't help me and Jesus said but do you want to be made whole Excuse me. So you, there are things that you have to say, not you can't pray and say, you know, Lord, I know, you know, my heart. Mm -mm. You got to say it. So don't keep silent. Know your posterity. Know your background. If you're able to find out your family history, find out your family history. If you don't, it's OK. Go to God and ask the father in Jesus name. Lord, what are the strengths in my family line? Because God built your family. With some tools. God, every tribe of Israel had their own strengths and weaknesses, mind you. But each tribe had their own strengths, their own symbol, their own thing. Find out what is in your... Those daughters knew, hey, my daddy did not uh, rebel like Korah in them. Okay? So it's not fair. See, when you know certain things that happen in your bloodline, you can do battle with the enemy. Even if people in your bloodline have sinned. You can still say, Father, in Jesus name, I repent like Jeremiah on behalf of my people. I repent because the enemy is a legalist. OK, and, and, and he'll he'll take you to court over that thing. Then he do it with Job. With God. Yeah. Well, does God just does Job serve you for nothing? Take away what he has. See what he'll do. So he's always looking. His, his name is Hasatan, accuser of the brethren. We call him Satan. But his Hebrew name is Hasatan. The accuser. He's always looking to accuse you. So go to God in prayer. When you see you finding certain blockages and certain things and you're praying, you're tithing, you're fasting, you're sowing, you're living holy, you're praying, you're doing everything you know to do, but there's still a block. Say, so Father, in Jesus' name, 
What is in my bloodline? Those women of God identified something in their bloodline. They say, yeah, my daddy died, but it wasn't because of that. Good, oh God, I feel the anointing. Somebody just got set free off of that. Oh, Jesus, I feel you. Somebody got free off of that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so the enemy has been using that as a license against you. Well, she don't deserve to get married because her mama broke up somebody's marriage or her great-grandmama slept with the deacons or whatever. And the enemy has been using that thing against you. But tonight, in Jesus' name, my God, woman of God, Father, in Jesus' name, I repent on behalf of my ancestors that broke up people's marriages. Now, let the demon of lateness in marriage or delayed marriage be broken off of my life she in the name of Jesus my God father in Jesus name there may have been somebody in my bloodline who who, who was a bank robber or stole or, or, or you know sold drugs or what have you and now I'm finding financial hardship I make good money and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a wise investor I'm a wise steward of my money but I never have enough in Jesus name father if there's somebody in my bloodline who stole or who cheated or who conspired father on their behalf I repent Ooh, break that thing off my bloodline and let my money go free. Good God Almighty. Do y'all hear the Holy Ghost? So know your posterity. Know where you come from so you know where you're going. Know the battles and things you're battling with. You know, we don't mind going to the doctor. And what, what does the doctor do? They write down your family history. Why is the world smarter than the church? Why does the doctor, Dr. Brown, know all about the diabetes, the cancer, the heart problems? They know about the medical things. What about the spiritual things? If they say you're predisposed to it because of that, why does it make sense? That maybe there's some things that we may be predisposed to that we may be battling against and we don't even know. Check your posterity. Contend with what belongs to you. Don't settle for less. Don't allow the enemy. The Bible said when you catch the thief, make him pay you back seven times of what he stole. Restoration is not just restoration. There were some things that God had to bring me out. And I heard somebody say, oh, God has restored you. I said, no, the restoration process is incomplete. It's incomplete. Don't stop and get settled and say, oh, this is good. Now I finally got my house. I got my boo. I got my car. No, God is not done. Don't, don't get comfortable. Keep the pressure. Keep pushing until you get that sevenfold restoration, sevenfold restitution from the enemy. Make unprecedented movements. Oh, y'all, this is so good to me tonight. Make unprecedented moves. Don't be afraid to pioneer. Don't be afraid. When Barack came to Deborah and said, I need you to go to war with me. And she said, a woman has never gone to war before. As a matter of fact, it is illegal. God never wanted a woman. <laughs> you know, a lot of people look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 8 and say, a woman should not wear that which pertain to a man. And they say, a woman's not supposed to wear pants. That has nothing to do with pants. Nobody had pants back in those days. Everybody wore dresses. Praise the Lord. What that meant is that a woman was not supposed to put on military uh, uh, fatigue, military. A woman was not supposed to go to battle and put on war clothes. That's what that passage actually meant. And, and you've got folk that will damn you to hell if you wore a pair of pants and they, oh, you're going to go to hell because you got pants on. And, and, and you just, you know, people, you just have to pray for them and just ask God to open the eyes to understanding. That was the prayer Paul prayed. Paul prayed an apostolic prayer and said, Father, enlighten them and open the eyes and understand it. Don't even fight back. Don't even, you, can't fight with, you can't fight with certain things because you can't win with people that don't want to learn. You can't win with somebody that's unteachable. So, but that was at what that passage was all about is where uh, a woman was not supposed to put on war clothes. She wasn't supposed to go to war. Right? And so that's why when, when Barack went to Deborah, let me check my time. When Barack went to Deborah and said, 
uh, about 20 minutes, when Barack went to Deborah and said, I want you to go to war, she said, uh, do you understand what's happening here? Right? Do you understand that this battle is going to be named after a woman? You're not going to get the glory. He said, I don't care. And so he released her from that. Right? And remember what I said, when, she, when he released her, she released other women. And so that's why Yael couldn't use a, a, a weapon. She had to use a tent peg. She, oh, God, y'all, this, praise the Lord. Make unprecedented movements. This, I just don't want to get lost in that one. That's, 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 that's going to take me somewhere else. Don't, don't be afraid to be the first one in your family to do it. Don't be afraid to be the first one in your town, in your city, in your church, in your, in your, don't be, don't make unprecedented movements. Don't be afraid to break out and do something new. Next one, change, be, change history. Change it. Do something that years from now, your people, whoever is coming up under you, your generations will say, I remember great grandmama did that. I remember auntie so-and-so, mother so-and-so did that. Make history. These daughters of Salofa, don't just be regular and don't be ordinary. <laughs> when, when the Lord formed Adam, he formed Adam from the ground. He took some dirt and he formed it and rolled it, kind of put you in the mind of some Play-Doh and formed the legs and everything and then breathed and we had Adam. But when it came to a woman, the Bible said he fashioned her. That's why we love fashion. <laughs> but he fashioned her. In other words, it, it, it was something different, something never, never seen before. So do something different in your family. Do something different in your, in your environment. Just do, be a history changer. Change it. Change it. When people look at you and say, this was the first woman of God that ever showed me how to do this. It was her. I'll never forget her. This was the first woman of God that wrote a book on whatever. This, you want to be that woman. And you are that woman. Speak your truth. That sort of goes back to what I said in the beginning. Don't keep silent for nothing. Speak your truth. If it's wrong, say it's wrong. Now, there's a way to do everything, okay? Now, listen. When, when those daughters of Zelophehad had approached Moses and Eleazar and the chiefs of, of Israel, they didn't go all loud and, you know, dis, you know just disorderly. I mean, come on now. They weren't all ghetto and stuff. I mean, there's a way you got to carry yourself. When Esther went before the king, it wasn't her time. She said, if I die, let me die because the king had not summoned her. But she said, I've got to go in. And so what did she do? She adorned herself. There's a way to adorn yourself. And I'm not just talking about what you wear. I'm talking about the, the, the way you approach people. Some of our problems is not so much what we say, but it's how we say it. And even though God is giving you a true word, your delivery can be off. And so God is truly saying that God is truly using you to warn people or help people or whatever your capacity is. But your delivery is so harsh and so abrasive, they don't want it. If those daughters of Zelopha had approached Moses and, and kicked the door open and started screaming and hollering, Moses, how, who you think you are? My daddy, so-and-so, and so I will snap, twist you. <laughs> Come on. They would have escorted them right on out. They would have lost inheritance. Come on, somebody. So, so there's a way to do everything. Let God show you. Father, word my mouth. Show me how to walk. Show me, God, there is a situation that I need to confront. I need to deal with this. Show me how. To do it, Lord God. Give me wisdom. Put wisdom in my heart. Solomon said, give me wisdom. I don't know how to lead these people. I'm just a stupid young king. And he was. I, I, you know, I don't know. Give me wisdom. And God gave that man so much wisdom. There was never another man wiser than Solomon. Next, um, still talking about keys to prepare and, and prosper. These women knew their legacy. They knew. And, and again, it goes back to what I said about posterity. But they knew what belonged to them. 
Some of us don't know. We think that, you know, we have just been relegated to a life of working 40 hours a week, paying rent or mortgage, cooking, cleaning up, and on Saturday get our nails done. And that's the extent. That's it. There's so much more to you and in you and for you than that. Know your legacy. Who are you really? Have you ever asked yourself? Have you ever sat down and talked to yourself? Say, girl, who are you? <laughs> you know, who are you? And start to think about who your, your life experiences. Start to look at some of the triumphs. Look at even some of the areas where you've been triumphed in. <laughs> you know, but look at, the, look at the summary of your life experiences. And really dig deep into the core. Because, I mean, we're on this thing, especially people of the kingdom, and we want to know who I am in God. Am I a prophet? Am I a bishop? And that's wonderful for what you do in the kingdom. But when you come and live your own regular, normal life, who are you really? What is in you? What are the talents and the skills and the gifts that God has, has, has harvested in you, that he has placed and seeded into you, planted in you? Know your legacy. What is it that your mother was good for? What is it that your dad was known for? What is it that your great-grandmother, what is that? What, what kind of skills? Who are the musicians in your family? Who are the songwriters and the authors and the artists? Who That's in you. Tap into the DNA and pull it out. I don't care if you hit one key and you play key C every day. That's it. You keep doing it until your DNA kick in and recognize that, wow, she's trying to push this gift through the canals of time, the halls of time. She's trying to push it through. Then next thing you know, now you're hitting a C, you got a C chord. Now you mess around and you don't find a G. Now you're playing a whole, you're playing Amazing Grace. You got to tap into that, woman of God. They possess a business acumen. And you've got women surrounded here. And you've heard my testimony, things that God is using me to do. And you hear Dr. Aisha, and tomorrow night you're going to hear another awesome woman of God, a financial strategist, analyst. And, and listen, listen, you need a business acumen, man. You, oh, come on, somebody. Tap into that. And if you don't have it, connect with somebody who does. Say, look, says God is giving me a, a business or God has given me a, an idea, and I just don't know. I, I just, that's not my lane. So can I partner with you? You know, can we work together? Can you mentor me? Can you show me? Don't be afraid to ask somebody for help. These women worked together in a confederacy. That's what's missing a lot among the kingdom women is, is, is a confederacy because we've got too many uh, uh, catty, crafty, covetous, you know, women <laughs> that, you know, that are harmful. And it's time to kick them out of your circle. And you don't even owe them an explanation. No is a whole word by itself. You need to get rid of these catty women, crafty women, covetous women. You have an idea and you share it. The next thing you know, honey, she's got the website, the t-shirt, and the book. You don't need that in your life. But I'm talking about women of God. When you look at these daughters of Zalofa Head, yeah, one was named Disease. But who was Disease surrounded by? Queen, Favor, Motion and and what was the other one's name? Queen favor, Queen favor, motion and move movement. I don't forgot. Praise God. But she was surrounded by these women that compensated for what she didn't have. Do you see what I'm saying? So even though the first one, she may have been born with some things, she may have had some things going on, but her sisters compensated. Even when God told Moses, "Go and speak," Moses said, "I stutter." Moses, God said, "Take your brother." Come on, somebody. God has somebody designed and assigned to walk with you and help fill those voids that, that make you feel in, inadequate. 
God has somebody there for you. So tap into that business acumen. Whatever the thing is that God is doing to you, get the, have that business mindset that when you talk to people, that when you present your business plan, that when you present whatever it is that you're doing, amen, you can do it in the spirit of excellence. Get some help. Don't be afraid. Say, hey, hey, I, you know, and I'm a, I'm a publisher. We talked about that. I have clients who, who can write good and they'll say, look, I just need a cover or I just need you to edit. I can do everything else. They're making those connections. Don't be afraid to make those connections. The next thing, there were champions for other women who settled for less. This is so powerful because as women are watching your life, you are becoming. Listen, I heard God say this earlier this afternoon. He said, tell them. Many of us are looking to be activated, but you yourself are the activation. That thing just, listen, I almost threw my phone. He said, we're looking to be activated, but you are the activation. In other words, you, your presence in another woman's life will activate, my God, some of, some of the things that God has put on the inside of her. It reminds me of Mary and Elizabeth, right? Mary's baby had never leaped, certainly was not filled with no Holy Ghost. Even if he did jump, it was not a Holy Ghost jump. There was not a Holy Ghost leap in her belly until she connected with Mary. There are some women who are activators. Oh, gosh, listen. And, and, and it's going to be a mutual activation. You're going to activate them and they're going to activate you. Mary activated Elizabeth. John jumped with the Holy Ghost and Elizabeth activated Mary and broke up that abandoned rejection spirit. Come on, somebody broke off that homeless wandering spirit. She did it. So mutual activation. And so you're looking, I need somebody to lay hands on me and activate me. But you are activation. You are the you are you personify activation. I got to wrap this up, y'all. So God honored them for their tenacity. Don't give up even when it gets rough, when it gets tough, when it gets hard. Don't back up. Don't back up. They did not give up. It didn't matter. Five women against all these men, these elders, this big man, great mighty man of God who speaks to God face to face. They went in and said, Moses, you're wrong. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Ask God to give you that tenacity. God's going to drive away fear. Some of you have a heart of fear and God said, I'm going to give you a heart of courage. You're going to receive a whole heart transformation because there's some things that God wants you to tap into. But fear is is fear. I see I see fear for some of you. I see fear kind of he's got a rope around your waistline and he's pulling you back and you're trying to go and you're running in place. And you really think you're making movements and you're moving, but you're, you're running in place. You're not actually progressing. You're just standing in place. And so I see fear. It's got this rope around you holding you back. But in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has destroyed the yoke. He's cut the rope. He severed the rope. And so God is going to do a heart transformation and you're going to receive a heart of courage. And it's going to shock you. You're going to find yourself speaking out and saying things. And then you're going to be like, was that me? And that's going to be you. God's going to activate you in that area for what he's calling you to, for what he needs you to step into. Because this is your now time. Okay. They took Moses to task and drove him to a place of prayer. I'm almost done. Took Moses to task and drove that man of God to a place of prayer. They made Moses go pray. You, you, when you step out and confront things, honey, you're going to make people say, wait, I got to go to God. I got to go back and revisit. I got to, did I really hear God say that? Did I really, I need to go back to God. When you step out, when you rise up. When you step into your time, when you step into this prospering, going forth, thrusting forward season, there are going to be some people that held you back that's going to have to go to God and say, Lord, what, what are you saying about her? What, I, I missed you. I missed it. it Show me, God. And they're going to come back to you and say, woman of God, sis, friend, you know, I was wrong. You, you, you were right. 
And in some cases, they may say you was wrong. So just get ready. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Destiny can be ratified. Guess what? The destiny of the daughters of Zelophehad, had it been left up to Moses and Eleazar and the chief tribes of Israel, their destiny would have been to be at the mercy of whoever married them. They would have had no dowry. You know, back in that time, they had to give something to the husband or what have you. They wouldn't have had a dowry. They wouldn't have had an inheritance. They would have married men to be taken care of. Now, you know, now I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Because when you step into the fullness of who you are as a daughter of God, you will not entertain a relationship based upon, oh, he can pay my bills. He can buy me a house. So he, honey, you'll be so set. He'll come along with you or y'all will join your stuff together, praise God. But it, you won't be at the mercy of somebody coming to rescue you. When you go out to dinner with this man and he start talking out the side of his neck, honey, you won't have to say, well, you don't have to tolerate it because you don't have the money to pay the bill. You're going to be able to say, you know what, uh, waiter, split the bill. I'll pay mine on the way out. See, when you have an inheritance and when you know your worth, you, there's, there's certain things you don't tolerate. There's certain things you won't put up with. But if you don't have anything, then you have the mercy of someone to take care of you. And that's where a lot of women of God have been trapped off because they're, they're, they're depending on someone to care for them. And, and bless God for those good Holy Ghost field caretakers that are doing an awesome job. We bless God for that. But there are people who will take advantage of you because you need them. And so the, the destiny was ratified when they said, you know what? I refuse. I already lost my daddy. I don't have any brothers. So I don't have a whole lot of strong men around me. And I'll be doggone if I'm going to marry a joker and have him tell me what I ain't going to do or what. I, I mean, I'm not. Listen, now I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> hear me, hear me in my heart. I'm not saying we don't need men because I need my husband. I, God knows I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. If they had not pressed in to believe God for what was truly theirs, their life would have been relegated to, honey, um, can I have $50 for gas? Can I get my hair done? That is not what God is doing. <laughs> uh -uh. They had their own inheritance. And when you have your own inheritance, honey, you can pick and choose. You don't have to marry the first thing to come around and say, will you be mine? Nope. Next. I mean, I'm just saying for you single ladies that want to be married, you don't have to settle for somebody because they got good credit because yours is jacked up. No, that's not what we're doing. No, uh -uh. I got good credit and we'll sit down and we'll build a life and we'll do that thing mutually. Amen. But, um, you know, you're not going to dictate what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? We'll work together. I I'm not behind you. I'm beside you. So either we work this and, 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 and we're in we're compatible or I'll see you later. Lose my number and block me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, you know, you're, they it, it was not just about them having their own land. It was deeper than that. They were also looking at, because remember, they got wisdom. They got queendom. They got movement. They got favor all surrounded now. They're looking at my life like, girl, I'm going to have to marry somebody. And I'm going to have to live in his house and eat what he wanted to cook. And, and that was just not setting well. No, I want my own stuff. If you want chicken, I want steak. I'll fix your chicken, but I'm going to eat steak and I'll buy my steak if I have to. I mean, come on. You feel empowered when you're able to step into your own stuff as opposed to, uh, can you take me to the store? Can you? No. I mean, you know, and if that's where you are, God help you and God be with you and God show you, amen, how to overcome it, and God bring fairness and judgment and balance in that thing if that's where you are. 
Because there are some women like that. And my prayers are with you that God will save the husband and renew his mind and treat you like you deserve to be treated. But I'm talking about for those who are who are marriage prospects that when you have your own, you're not looking for somebody to come rescue you. Amen. Ruth was not looking for somebody to rescue her. This woman had a business. She had two businesses. She had a home health care service and she was in farming and agriculture. She didn't need Boaz. Come on, somebody. She didn't need Boaz. She was doing fine. Now, yes, yeah, she upgraded when she married him. But what I'm saying is it wasn't as if he just rescued her. She was okay. That's why Naomi had to say, hey, go and talk to him. It wasn't like she was, oh, I got to have him. I just got to need somebody. That wasn't where Ruth was. Ruth was focused on taking care of her business, business acumen. And Boaz was attracted to her work ethic. Uh, this is a whole singles message right here. He was attracted to her work ethic. And you'll get respect. When those daughters of Zelophehad had got married, they had something to bring to the table. When you can bring something to the table, you don't need a sugar daddy. Let's move right along. Praise the Lord. So <laughs> moving right along, women of God, moving right along. So lastly, well, it's just last. I'm not sure. Um, trying to finish up. Praise the Lord. This is good. Hope y'all being blessed by it. It takes courage to be a change agent. And we talked about that, how God is prophetically moving and um, transforming some of you all. You're going to receive a heart of courage. In order to bring change, you're going to have to resist some things. Some things. You're going to have to contend against some things in order to, to see that change um, uh, take effect. Don't take man's word as the final authority of the matter. Appeal to the court of heaven. Moses, asked, that's what you said. But but I'm going to I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to take this. You don't have the I'll, you know, and I know you spend time in the presence of God, but you're not God. And they didn't take his final authority. They said, this is not right. We want what belongs to us. Now, this may have been the way y'all been doing it. But today you're going to do something different. So don't take man's word as final authority on your life. Find out what God said. There are strength in numbers. I love this. Again, you had the oldest whose name meant dis-ease. But guess what? She was surrounded by movement, favor, uh, queen, and, and wisdom. Right? It's what I said earlier. You're going to have to network some people. And these are areas where if you've been hurt, you know, by catty women, crafty women, then ask God to heal you. Don't let the pain of a friendship kill destiny for another relationship, another friendship. Every woman is not out there to do you harm. Not every woman is out there to, to, to take stuff from you and take your man and take your money. Every woman is not like that. So don't let the spirit, of, don't let hurt and don't let pain and, you know, put up a wall of mistrust to where I ain't fooling with nobody. It's me. I'm, I'm by myself. Well, you'll do well by yourself, but you could do better with somebody else helping you. Um, you can silence kings. You are so powerful. You can silence kings. When those women went to Moses and all those kings in authority, they shut them down. Nobody said nothing. Moses had to go to God. You got the power to do that. Their future spouses were considered. Now, this is what I, where I was going earlier. Their future spouses were considered as they waged their promise. It's not just about me. See, what you believe in God for is not just about you. This is uh, uh, pertaining to your marriage. It's pertaining to your ministry. It's pertaining to your business. It's pertaining to your children. It's pertaining to your nieces, your nephew. It's bigger than you. So that's why the time is now. It's so much bigger than you. And I'm closing. <laughs> Ooh, this has been good. Lastly, persistence pays off, women of God. Be persistent. Don't give up. That um, unjust, um, the widow with the unjust judge, judge kept going to him, kept going to him. And he said, let me give this woman what she wants, lest she weary me. She's going to kill me. She's going to wear me out. 
Keep going. Don't give up. If they say no, if that job doesn't open for you, that door doesn't open for you, don't stop. Keep going. If that door didn't open, it just means that's not your door. That means you have a door that you hadn't tapped into yet. So keep going. Don't be intimidated by anyone. I don't care who's been doing it, how long they've been doing it, how old, how young, how cute, how not cute. Don't be intimidated by anybody. Amen. And lastly, the confederacy of strong women is important. And that's what uh, 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 these women of God needed. And that's what they had. They didn't fight against each other. Well, I want this land here. No, I want that land. And no, I, my daddy said, uh-uh, we're going to work together. Because we, if we, we have to bind and, and, and unite and, and combine our strengths to fight this enemy. Whatever that enemy is, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some praying women. You're going to need some weeping women, some travailing women, some powerful women. You, you're going to need a confederacy of strong women. To help you get to where you want to go in God. Well, I am done. God bless you. And I pray that um, I've said something to, to you know, encourage your heart and bless your heart and, and just motivate you and challenge you. May have even angered some of you, praise God. But I hope you get angry with the system. Amen. Sometimes you got to get angry and say, you know what? I didn't even realize I was living beneath my means. I was living beneath my privileges. And sometimes you get a righteous anger with, you know, how many opportunities you've missed. How many doors you just, you know, forfeited because of not really knowing who you are, not really knowing what belongs to you. So I, I pray that we've been a blessing to you and um, that. Uh, amen. <laughs> that God is speaking to your heart. Yes, I'm, I'm coming out now. Thank you so much, Apostle Ooh. Lisa. I love you, sis. I love you. <laughs> love you too, woman of God. I love you, love you. <laughs> and I love, you know, I love your teaching. I could sit here all night. You know, I could. I know. But thank you so much for being a part. That was an awesome word. Praise Powerful God. word. Powerful word. Amen. And I'm going to call you soon because, you know, I got some stuff I need to publish. I got I've you. Been, yeah. <laughs> I got you. But we're going to open it up. I'm going to pull Rolanda back in and we're going to see if somebody has any questions. Okay. So I'm going to pull Rolanda back in okay. to the stream. Let's see how we can do that. Okay. Long, I was trying to get you on the other side, but it ain't working for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave it like that. But we're going to open it up and see for a few minutes and see if anybody has any questions they have for Apostle Delisa. And then we're going to um, move forward and move into our um, vendors. We have two vendors on tonight. And then we'll be closing out. Everybody's saying very powerful, Apostle Delisa. Amen. Amen. It was awesome. Praise <laughs> God. To God yeah. be the glory. Yes, I'll send it out. Well, I sent the handouts to you. Um, okay. But I'll send the, the PowerPoint to you and, you know, to whoever needs it. Um, it okay. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's yours. It's in your possession and you do with it as you, as you see fit. Okay. Um, Rolanda, I'll let you take over. Uh, does anybody have any questions for Apostle uh, Fields before she leaves? She has poured out her heart to us. She has given us the word of God. She has also challenged us to get in our word what a good yes. preacher does. Like, I'm like, woo, okay. Like, <laughs> I love it. I'm telling you, I love the word of God. Love it. And we're going to have to have you come back, Apostle Delisa. We're doing some things throughout the month. Okay. 
different speakers so we definitely gonna have you come back let me know just just let me know if no one has any questions before i leave i, I definitely want to um pray um okay. because words like this the enemy will he will attack um, the people of God, he'll, you know, just send attacks against their mind or either um, spirits will come to try to take the message away um, from them. Foul spirits will snatch the seed away before it gets a chance to root in the people of God's spirit. And I, I believe that what God was doing tonight is just too powerful to just dismiss. And, and just it just wasn't an ordinary thing. You know, like I said, the theme that God gave you was prophetic, especially for this hour that we're in. And um, there is a lot of fatigue. There is a lot of hopelessness. And so that's why, you know, when you said the Lord said to go ahead and virtual, I'm like, praise God, um, because especially women and we're having to uphold our men. And, um, you know, we, you know, if we're weak and if, you know, if we're in a, 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 you know, mental state to where it's unclear, it's hard to, to strengthen somebody when you're not strengthening yourself. And so, um, you know, when God gave me this word, he built that around the theme that you that he had given you. And when he took me to the daughters of Zalophahad, I was like, and he, had, I had never gone into it in that depth before. I have never released a word like that. So it was primarily for True Horizons and for this women conference and for every participant. That word was for you all tonight, straight from the Father's Ooh. heart to you all. So um, if, if there are not any questions, I'm going to pray and just bless, um, you know, everyone and, and just, um, you know, ask God to honor the word tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we glorify you. You get the glory, Father. We honor you, Father. We bless you. We lift your name, Lord God. We exalt you in the earth, Father. I thank you once again for Dr. Aisha. I thank you for uh, Rolanda. I thank you for all the awesome women of God who are surrounded uh, this um, conference tonight virtually. I thank you even for the vendors, Father. I just speak, Lord God, favor and blessings, Lord God. I speak sales, increase sales. God, I release new customers, Lord God. I even release, Lord God, even a new creation. Creativity, God, that they will begin to brand even new products, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, Father, for the word that has gone out tonight, Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus, as David prayed, hide this word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Lord God, this was not just a, a word, but God, this word in and of itself contained a prophetic mechanism, God, that will activate in the lives of your women, God. It is a life-changing word, Father, that for wherever they may be, whether they're in a relationship with you, struggling in their relationship with you or have walked away from their relationship this word God has to hook to draw them in and so Lord do the work Lord God cause them to look over the handouts the, the uh, PowerPoint and let Lord God the Spirit of God even speak above and beyond that which I have shared Lord God the the keys the prophetic keys that you've given them let it Lord God accelerate let it activate Lord God the 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 Lord God the areas in their life that have been slumbering and sleeping and have been lying dormant we command every woman of God that have fallen asleep at the wheel to wake up to righteousness and step into her time, step into her season, step into a purpose, Lord God, that you can get glory out of us, those that you have created, Lord God, for such a time as this. So, Father, we take authority over every demon, Lord God, that will come to attack their minds, attack their bodies, attack their finances, attack their loved ones, their possessions, their sources of income. We bind it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, I I plead the blood of Jesus over every woman of God over this line. I plead, plead the blood of Jesus over their businesses, over their the works of their hands, God, over the visions and things that you've given them. I plead the blood of Jesus, God, that the wicked one would touch them not. And God, I ask you, Father, to release a hedge of protection, that it will be protected, Lord God, even in a time such as this, not just from COVID, but from any tactic of the enemy, God, in the name of Jesus, Father. And it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo.